0: Disclaimer I am not a licensed therapist, counselor, or professional broadcaster. The following are stories from my life and personal experiences and are the property of me. There will be profanity, quite a fucking bit of it, so please keep that in mind along with adult themes and topics. Listener discretion is advised. I've always wanted to say that. Sure. I'm gonna shiver you, shake it, gibby you, shiver you up. Shiver you up, pop The science seal, kissin' the lever you shiver you up. I'm just a popcorn dreamin' gon' red and back a butty you up. I'm gonna shiver you, shake it, gibby you, shiver you. Up. Hi and welcome to the first ever podcast of Here She Comes, Confessions of a Retired Vibrator Seller. I'm Jasmine Aziz, author of my favorite book of all time, Sex and Samosas. What is Sex and Samosas? Well, thank you for asking. It's a sexy, funny, fictional romp following one woman's journey into self-discovery after she attends a vibrator party and decides to take control of her life. I highly recommend it. After writing it, the two main questions I often get asked are, one, what does your mother think about you writing this book? Of course. And two, how much of the book is based on your own life? Well, to answer the first question, my mother is very proud of me and Sex and Samosas. She's the best thing that has ever happened to me and I've dedicated the book and my life to her. And when I say the best thing, she really is, but I should also include my beloved husband, chocolate, and my favorite vibrator that plugs in and costs me more in hydro than the heater and the oven combined, but is totally worth it. And to answer the second question, Is the book based on my own life? Well, certainly some snippets have been pulled from my own adventures and more than that, misadventures, but the majority of the novel is fiction. I had originally intended for the book to be part of a trilogy, which would include Sex and Samosas first, then my personal memoirs, and then one more fiction book to round it out, and that picks up where the first one left off. But I've decided instead to release my personal memoirs entitled Bring Your Own Batteries, The Memoirs of a Retired Vibrator Seller, through this podcast series instead. In this series I plan to release the second book chapter by chapter folding in stories from my past and present. I'll be doing some interviews inviting special guests to the show and doing product reviews oh yeah. So think of this as a fleshed out audiobook release with a bit of behind the scene nibbles. I just said flesh and nibbles and we're not even a minute in. See where I'm going with this? I'll also be doing some readings from Sex and Samosas in relation to the actual events that took place in my life and inspired certain scenes in the book. So, spoiler alert, you're going to hear some of the first novel in this podcast as well. So expect it to get lewd, luscious, and lickable if you're into that. And if you're into licking your speakers or earbuds to get off, don't worry. You wouldn't be the first person to tell me that. I've been told all kinds of things in the years before, during, and after I sold toys And rest assured, I have no plans to out anyone here. This is a venue to lighten moods, lighten minds, and light your fire if you find it's been fizzling. So get strapped in, strapped on, or stripped, because ready or not, here she comes. Let's dive right in with my story. How does someone was a virgin till she was 30, yes you heard that right, 30, end up selling vibrators and writing a book with the word sex blazing in the title. Valid question. Let's begin with a cold December day in 1968 when a mocha colored bundle of mostly nose and lots of hair came wailing into the world. That's just a titch too far back. I remember when I was 15 years old, one of my sister's Italian friends saw me cleaning up the back steps of our house with a broom and there was me merrily humming to myself. She stopped me and said, what a good wife you're going to be. I stopped sweeping and stared at her. It was one of those moments in life that seemed to freeze in time, you know what I mean? You can almost see the camera lens on your life zoom in on your facial expression mine would have radiated like confusion resistance maybe a bit of curiosity i hadn't thought about marriage or boys or life outside of my parents home it was the first time any of those thoughts crept into my mind when i was 21 i decided that i had to get married i wanted to live in india have six children open an english school and write novels on the side that was my plan so i after I graduated from university, I got a one-way ticket to India and told my grandmother to set me up. Now, you have to understand, my nani-jan, that's grandmother, with respect in my culture, was one of Bombay's most respected and notorious matchmakers. People would travel miles to see her and have her set up their daughters and sons for arranged marriages. When I told her that I was ready to take the plunge, she lined up what she considered the high-class catches. I was young Fair skinned, born in Canada, and I had a degree. Nothing but the cream of the crop for me back then. So, Nani showed me off every chance she got. There were a series of horrible setups, which I will get to later. And by the time she got to the fifth one, I was so convinced I'd never find anyone else that, based on his good handshake alone, I said I would take number five. I told my grandmother, Okay, Nani-chan, I guess he's okay. I'm not picky, He seems nice. It's just that I don't like facial hair. She responded by saying to me, It's okay, just shave it off when he's sleeping. Flags should have gone up for me back then, but they didn't. That marriage was not meant to be. The next morning when I woke up, my mother called to tell me that my father had had a massive heart attack and had two days to live. And got on the very next flight home to be with him and my family. He lasted more than two days. He went on to live seven and a half years. When he died, I had turned 30, and the culture that I thought I wanted to be part of was suddenly telling me that I was too old for marriage. I didn't give up. I tried more arranged marriage setups, but by then my personal awakening prevented me from seeing the potential prospects the same way. I took some of those experiences and wove them into Sex and Samosas. The arranged marriage setup scene that my protagonist Lena goes through is an homage to those meetings. In fact, one of those scenes where my character Lena goes out with a brown boy her mother set her up with comes directly from my own life and from that experience when I was in India. Here it is now. After university and a year of living at home with my mother, I agreed to several arranged marriage setups of boys that my mother deemed worthy and willing, all of whom either disgusted me or insulted my intelligence. There were the ones with thick accents and head-bobbing, fresh-off-the-boat attitudes that I could barely finish one conversation with. "'So you are having a degree?' one of them asked me as he slurped his tea from the cup I had given him. "'Yes, she does,' my mother answered eagerly. "'What you planning to do?' She doesn't do anything, okay? My mother interjected again. Actually, I am planning to take some administrative positions and hoping to get something soon. Huh, I think it's okay for a woman to work. I let you work. Gee, thanks, I said sarcastically, avoiding my mother's gaze. Huh, I good. Not working, of course, when babies are born. I want six. You want six what? I asked, barely swallowing my own tea. Six babies, of course. Crumbs of biscuits fell from his thick black mustache. Are you planning on having some of them yourself? Because I am not having six children. Complete silence. My mother made me promise to keep my mouth shut when the next one rolled off the docks. You went to university, the next candidate asked. Yes, she did, my mother answered for me. I began to think it wouldn't be long before she started handing out my marriage resume at the door when they came in. These goras may be doing the heroine in there, nah, he whispered. Did you do the heroine? I prefer to call it smack, I answered with a smile. My mother refrained from more marriage setups for six months so I could straighten out my attitude. There were the ones that were born abroad like me, which I reasoned were more sound choices based on at least the basic understanding that we shared the same cultural confusion. One of them, named Rahul, was a running favorite for the first two meetings. He behaved like an angelic prince in front of my mother, but on our first outing together alone, he drove me to a secluded beach where his true nature came out. So you can give me a blowjob now, he said flatly, as I started to head for the ice cream stand I thought we were going to. I beg your pardon? I'll take that blowjob now. Blowjob? I asked, studying him to see if he was joking. You're kidding, right? No, all the girls do it. Don't worry, Lena. it won't count. Count? What are you talking about? I mean, if you don't have actual sex with someone who is brown, then you're still a virgin. If you have sex with someone who's not brown, then namaste to your virginity. And a blowjob is that gray zone. So it's not really sex. It's okay to do that. You get it? Rahul, you're serious, aren't you? He nodded and began to fidget with his belt buckle. I'm not giving you a blowjob. I can't believe you would ask. You don't want to be single forever, do you, Lena? You better learn to play the game. Take me home, Rahul, I snapped. I'm sure your mother can explain the rules of the game to me. Don't tell my ma, Lena, he said, sounding panicked. I'll buy you ice cream, okay? The great thing about the Indian culture is that if you are ailing with anything, there is a cure for it. So years and years of being single brought me all kinds of home remedies when traditional setups and dating sites didn't work. I remember one aunt in India taking me to a pundit to see where the issue was and why I wasn't able to find anyone. The pundit looks at me and within minutes he says, it is not her fault, she has blockage. Of course. I thought that had something to do with my intestinal tract, and I couldn't see how it was connected, but he went on. She cannot get married while the planet is there. The planet is the cause. It is Neptune. I was like, what the fuck? You had me at it's not your fault, but are you seriously saying there is a whole planet blocking me from happiness? The pundit was like, take this girl, wear it. Say this prayer at least 100 times a day and the planet will move. I asked my aunt, how was I supposed to meet anyone when I was praying 100 times a day? But she took his advice very seriously and she made me do it. So I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I begged, and still nothing. I guess Neptune didn't get my message. After my baby sister got married, she decided to take matters into her own hands and put up a profile for me on an Indian matrimonial site that had just come online. Back then, cue the dinosaur music, the internet was just emerging and dating sites were starting to become more prominent. So up goes my profile. And that is how a six foot muscle man came into my life and changed it forever. When my profile went up, I told my sister that I would agree to it as long as I always had final veto power over any of the hundreds of mustachioed fellows on the site, but that she would make the initial contact on my behalf. And that's not really weird if you know anything about the culture. So I let her do it. A few days up on the site, no bites. A week? Nothing. Then one day, she and I are flipping through the profiles and we come across one of only two white guys on the entire site. He had written, I don't care what cast you are as long as you aren't wearing one. Ha ha. Now, call me stupid, I've called myself way worse from that time in my life, but then I thought that was funny. So, my sister sent him a few pictures to make the first introduction and the dumbass politely declined. I was all like, fuck him, he has no taste. And she agreed. He stayed in touch with her and after several months, they happened to exchange where they lived and it turned out... He was in Montreal and we were in Ottawa. Well, one fine spring day in 2002, I told my sister I was going to Montreal for business and she asked if she could join me so she could meet up with this guy I had long forgotten about him. We drive down and head straight to Ben & Jerry's, of course. I had an empty cooler that needed to be filled with brownie ice cream. As I'm standing at my trunk to get out the cooler, out of nowhere a black sports car comes squealing up the street and right up to my legs. I mean, inches from my legs. I turn to give the idiot driver a piece of my mind and a gigantic six foot leather coat clad man unfolds himself from the car and heads towards me. I'm undeterred though. I start balling up my fists and cussing at his idiotic driving style. My sister runs over to give him a hug and tells me who he is. But I'm unimpressed. I mean, totally unimpressed. Then, a few weeks later, on a warm solstice night, he came up to Ottawa for a visit on his vacation, and I changed my mind about him. He ended up staying the night at the house, and we talked until the sun came up. I saw a completely different side of him. I told him, you have this panther-like physique, and despite your heavy muscular body, you walk like a cat, but inside, you're really a big, soft little lamb. That was when I dubbed him Honey Lamb or "Lammy." For all intents and purposes, we shall henceforth refer to him as Lammy, because repeatedly calling him fuckface may get me kicked off the airwaves before I even get started. In the next episode, I'll talk about how that relationship evolved and how we started selling vibrators and other things that go bzzz all while we head towards the release of chapter one of bring your own batteries the memoirs of a retired vibrator seller thank you for listening i really appreciate it i hope you've enjoyed the first show you can follow me on instagram jasmine underscore aziz on twitter at jasmine aziz and i'm on facebook also feel free to email me jasmine at jasmineaziz.com with your overwhelmingly positive feedback of course until next time remember that the best part of life is love so be sure to open your heart to it because here she comes I'm just a popcorn gonna and back a buddy you up. i'm gonna shiver you shake you shiver you up.